Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Hey guys, welcome to the basement. Everybody is in their feelings and their emotions about AFC quarterbacks, including AFC quarterbacks themselves. I've been getting flambéed online just because I had the audacity to give the seven levels of AFC quarterbacks. I stand by it all. I regret nothing. Plus, there's one thing that is bothering me about the Jets. Are you a young person who is under the age of 25 years old? Do you know who Jessica Alba is? Have you seen this story? This is flummoxing me. And yet, I'm going to give some advice to this young Jet, and you probably know which one it is, and I'm going to enlighten him about some other people he should learn about. Plus, uh, it is Star Wars Day. I celebrate the uh, galaxy far, far away. Um, one of my coworkers didn't know even the most basic 101, day one, entry level Star Wars stuff, and I almost don't believe him. I think I was doing, he was doing a shtick. We'll get into that too. Plus, bite, fight, right after this, three combatants come in and fight, and we only pick the best sound bite. But first, what I love, what I hate, and what's hilarious. What's the most amount of times in your employment, your job, your career that you have been asked in a single week what you're smoking? Because I broke my own personal record this week and I've been asked a lot of times. That's the go-to joke. That is the jab, the barb that people go to online who are unimaginative and derivative and look at something that you put out and say, hey, what are you smoking? That's gotten a lot of those reactions to my seven levels of AFC quarterbacks. I debuted it here in the basement and then I put it on Good Morning Football and on and on. And it's just it's one of these things where it's May, there's nothing going on, and if you rank something and it's quarterbacks and in the most talented AFC quarterback field in history, people get in their feelings and they react. And uh, that's not why I did it. I, I don't really operate that way. I don't troll. I don't just toss grenades online as a provocateur and try to get reactions. I was just sitting around in the basement. I'm like, let's look at all these cool AFC quarterbacks. Let's rank them after the draft. And people are so mad. So the crux of it here is seven levels of quarterbacks from the best to the ones who need to do the most work, shall we say. Patrick Mahomes is tier one. And then you go all the way down through Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Rodgers, Lamar, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo in tier five. And then tier six has become problematic. Tier six is Kenny Pickett, Mac Jones, Tua Tagovailoa, Trevor Lawrence. And then below that are the three rookies who join the AFC. So what have I learned from ranking the quarterbacks like this? One, that there is so little respect for Jimmy Garoppolo. People are just destroying Jimmy. The idea that Jimmy could be a tier five amongst the likes of Mac Jones and Lawrence and Tua is sacrilege to some people. Jimmy, who has won the NFC and won a lot of big games, the Jimmy thing is complicated. What else have I learned? That there is very little Titans buzz, and I'll tell you why, because I was asked, do you have any regrets about this list? I said, yes, one. One that I just completely forgot about Ryan Tannehill. I put Will Levis as the starter in Tennessee. He will not be the starter, certainly not from day one. And yet I just said, uh, Levis, I forgot Tannehill. And you would think there'd be this massive uproar and there's like thousands and thousands of responses about the tiers or the levels. And like two or three were like, hey, what the heck, man, Tannehill. <laughs> that cracked me up. Imagine if I left out, you know, Rogers or Joe Burrow, there'd be World War III. Tannehill, hey, what the heck? But then the crux of the discord in the response to this happens to come 
from Jacksonville. And I have learned something I already know, really relearned, that Jacksonville has a very passionate fan base. They genuinely do, and they rock and roll down there in Duval. And they also have what I think has become a complex that they're not paid attention to and not talked about enough, which isn't right. And I make it an initiative to try to talk about every team. So ranking Trevor Lawrence below the likes of Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo, and on the same level as Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett, and Tua Tagovailoa has really tapped into both their enthusiasm for the team and their complex about being looked down upon and forgotten. So a lot of fan tweets, sure. But more importantly, Guess who reacted to the, th the idea that Trevor Lawrence might be reacted too low? Trevor Lawrence. Bring it up. Trevor Lawrence retweets the list and says, The game ain't played on paper. First of all, Trevor, love you. Huge fan. Uh, appreciate the, and respect that you would even engage. Trevor Lawrence is not a guy who messes around on Twitter a lot. He's a guy who plays a little close to the vest media-wise. He handles his business. I totally appreciate it. And I, I, I hear it. And I would love to talk to Trevor about it constructively. I'm not going to do the crazy AM radio, FM sports radio thing where it's like, come on on here and debate. Now let's get into it. Let's fight. No, I just, I, I appreciate his perspective. I will say this. I agree with him. The game ain't played on paper. It's played on the football field. And on the football field... He is sub 500 against the quarterbacks on the same level as him or ranked higher above him on my quarterback rankings. He is. He has lost more games to them than he has won. So that's just one metric. But then his teammates chimed in. Jaguars. Bring him up. Other teammates chimed in. Uh, Calvin Ridley, new Jaguar, says, Work to be done in response to the list. Calvin Ridley will be working very hard this offseason. That's a safe bet. And, uh, and then lastly, another West receiver from the Jacksonville Jaguars, Christian Kirk, who wrote WTLOL, which I think is what? Maybe Woot? Laugh out loud? So Christian Kirk, uh, who did not agree with the list and had that response, Woot, LOL. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Um, but I like that those guys are responding that way. That's, that's what they should do. Trevor Lawrence uh, is a complicated one. Because his rookie year was, I think, just a throwaway. I don't think he had a head coach who was a human being as a rookie. Then last year, um, came tearing down the stretch, really good. And then my last visions of Trevor Lawrence are him throwing five interceptions in two playoff games. Four in the first half of one playoff game. And um, then just kind of not being the equal of the Chiefs and Mahomes. And that's nobody's fault. That's no crime. Nobody really is. Uh, so it didn't leave the best taste in the mouth, despite winning a playoff game, is that he was really crazy. That I would love to ask him, Trevor, when you look back on that playoff win against the Chargers, what do you think about the nightmare first half or the historic second half? Now, if you were doing these lists, whenever you do lists like this, it comes down to really what is your core principle? Is it purely resume? It's what you've accomplished? Because in that case, Jimmy Garoppolo should be above all those guys. And Russell Wilson should be way up there. He's had an incredible career. Justin Herbert should not be, though, right? Is it just pure talent? Well, then, of course, Trevor Lawrence should be up there in Tier 2. He should be with Burrow and Allen. He should maybe even be with Mahomes in pure talent. That's stupid. It's not just about who's the most talented quarterback. I think it's a combination of both. So Trevor Lawrence scores really high on talent. Decently on resume, considering how short his career has been, he's had one real year and he's won a playoff game, it's pretty cool. And yet, I don't know, I think I just looked at him as 
he hasn't really made the jump. And Jacksonville fans can tell you that I'm wrong and that's fine. And I saw even people speaking up for Tua and quoting a completion percentage and passer rating. I'm not into the weeds with statistics. You're boring me. That's, that's tedious content. I'm not into it. It's just my impressions of where they are or where they've been and I think where they're going. Was Trevor Lawrence too low? You're welcome to think that. Trevor Lawrence, certainly welcome to think that. I'd love to have him come on and talk about it. So Trevor, to your credit, you're not out there doing a bunch of media. Come into the basement. Josh Allen will vouch for it. We'll, we'll talk about it. In the meantime, those are my tiers. Those are my rankings. I apologize for nothing. But I do have to talk about somebody else in the AFC. And it has to do with uh, one of the brightest young stars in the AFC East. And it comes to the form of what I hate. Sauce Gardner has the magic media touch right now. He's just everywhere. He's likable. He has the cool name, the cool look, the cool team. And the bedrock of everything that Sauce Gardner is doing, constantly showing up in the media in every event, is that he put on the field an unbelievable rookie season. It wasn't just this hype and a funny name. He was spectacular on the field. So he can do whatever he wants. He can do a million interviews, podcasts, whatever. They, he can go courtside at the Knicks game with Rodgers. And when he says this, he talked about something that is just represents a perfect generational divide and speaks to how young he is and how young the Jets are. Earlier this week, Sauce went to the Knicks game. He sat courtside with Aaron Rodgers. And here he is describing the evening. He was just, he was just picking on me a little bit for being young. You know, like, we was getting seated and he was like, oh, we're about to sit by, um, what's her name? We're about to sit by Jessica Alba. And I'm just like, oh. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I don't know who that is. And he just looked at me. He looked at me like I'm crazy. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it was just great just being able to sit sit over there. And I got to I got to meet her and um, one of her friends who was from Detroit, actually. You know, it was, it was great vibes. But that whole night, he would just keep asking me out of nowhere. He's like, do you know who that person is? And I'm like, bro, that's Amari Stoudemire. I know who that is. Like, now you're just picking on me at this point. What cracks me up about that is that Rodgers was 39, and so Rodgers is probably like, we're about to sit next to Jessica Alba. For Rodgers, for a 39-year-old, Jessica Alba is a really, really big deal. And Sauce, I don't really know who that is. How do you know Amari Stoudemire, but you don't know Alba? Now, a couple things here. It's easy to write this off and do the thing where you say, well, Sauce was born in this year, and... You know, she's doing this in 2003 and 2000. How was he supposed to know? I disagree with that completely. If you were a child of the 80s, are you not aware of entertainers of Jessica Alba's ilk from the 70s? Or if you're a child from the 90s, are you not aware of the 80s? I wasn't around for things that my parents watched, like Charlie's Angels, but I am very aware of Farrah Fawcett and Jacqueline Smith. Linda Carter as Wonder Woman, if I was sitting next to her at a Knicks game, I would know who that is. I didn't grow up watching her. I don't, I don't consume all her uh, projects back in the day, but I know who Farrah Fawcett is, God rest her soul. Uh, if I was sitting next to her at a Knicks game, I would. I think you got to appreciate the classics. You do. And so, Sauce, here's what I would say. The early 2000s were a very, very fun time. Not a, there's a lot of things that weren't great about the time, 
But celebrity was getting really weird then. It was Paris Hilton was blowing up and Nicole Richie and the paparazzi really skyrocketed and TMZ was born and Lindsay Lohan and all those things. So it's, it's a little bit of a sick time, but also as a celebrity consumer, it was really fun. Us Weekly became big, and if you like the tabloids, the stars were just like us, it was big. Plus, there was a lot of really talented young females in particular in the early 2000s that started blowing up like Jessica Alba did. So, Sauce, I have asked the people, just in the sake of, for the sake of educating yourself, you're in the media capital of the world, you should know 21st century popular media, and I asked the people, who are some people who are identified with the early 2000s as Elba may be in her public life, that Sauce Gardner might not know, but should. And the people came through. Let's rifle through these. Sauce, you should know about Mandy Moore. She's missing you like candy, music, movies, everything. Hilary Duff goes without saying. Julia Stiles saved the last stand. Julia Stiles was running the game for a while. Next, let's go through these quickly. Sauce, write these down. I want you to learn these. Alicia Cuthbert, showing up first as Jack Bauer's daughter in 24 and then doing Bunch of movies, a whole bunch of other shows. Talented girl, Canadian Alicia Cuthbert. Learn about her. I love Alicia Cuthbert. Next, let's zip through them. Zip through them. Jessica Biel. That goes without saying. Jessica Biel, Jessica Alba, and Jessica Simpson. You should know all of them. Thank you, Salty Sasparilla, for saying Jessica Biel. Next, this is the Sauce Gardner early 2000s homework list. Plus, Tara Reid was a big part of the early 2000s. American Pie, several other films. She has a brief cameo in Lebowski. And she went on to do all kinds of other stuff, and it went a different direction. But Tara Reid, really iconic in early 2000s pop culture. Sarah Michelle Gellar, icon. Alicia Silverstone, icon. Aerosmith videos, uh, Clueless. Crazy movie called The, Cl the Crush with Carrie Elwes. Next, Sauce, are you getting all these? I expect a report. This guy says Ray Romano. Great left turn from Sarah Michelle Gellar. Everybody loves Raymond. Sauce, are you familiar with the show Everybody Loves Raymond? The family comedy. The parents live next door. Ray Romano's wife is always giving him hell about everything, but it was running the game for a while. Ray Romano. Still killing it, by the way, Ray Romano. Next. I mean, we're going back to Canada again. Canada was coming up big. Shania Twain. That don't impress me much. Let's go, girls. Totally crazy. Pop megastar. Still matters. Still out there. Has a lot of opinions these days. Look up Shania Twain. At least listen to one of her songs. She dropped, name drops Brad Pitt. It worked back then. Next. It's a sauce gardener. Blaze says Val Kilmer. Wow. Would Val Kilmer be considered an early 2000s? Well, Val is 80s and 90s and everything, but since Val encountered health problems and many other things, he kind of went off the map. But yes, look up Val Kilmer. I would watch Heat. I would watch him in Tombstone, even though he's a supporting player. And I would watch him in a movie. God, would it just be Top Gun? No, I would watch him in Real Genius. It's a it's a, a comedy from the 80s. It's great. Next. Sauce Gardner, early 2000s pop culture list. This person says Arsenio Hall. Arsenio, not exactly early 2000s, a little easier, a little earlier. You could skip that one. I mean, he was a really influential talk show host and really mattered. This person, Jeff and Lincoln, said, all right, this is good. Jeff Hartnett was on a run there for a while. <laughs> he was. Jeff Hartnett was in charge for a while for Pearl Harbor, Hollywood Homicide with Harrison Ford. You can check him out in The Faculty, and you can do the Black Hawk Down. Hartnett was gonna be our James Dean meets Marlon Brando. Everything was coming up Hartnett. Sauce, do some time on Josh Hartnett. Next, couple more. Oh, she, we're just looking at Cameron Diaz strolling through the bank lobby in the mask. 
Cameron Diaz walked away from acting for a while. I think she's back. You want to watch, uh, obviously, Something About Mary is the de facto Carmen, Cameron Diaz tour de force. And then if you want to watch the first Charlie's Angels movie, it was pretty fun. I would go with that. You can get into some other stuff. Cameron Diaz has done a lot of stuff. A crazy role in Vanilla Sky. This is William Hung right here. William Hung is from American Idol. She bangs! She bangs! That's a two-for-one, because then you can get exposed to Ricky Martin as well. William Hung went on to have a Christmas album called Hung for the Holidays. You cannot make that up. Check out William Hung. He's an all-time icon from American Idol. Uh, is that it? You got to end on Hung, right? No? Crazy Town. Sam Pepper Smith, Crazy Town. Come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. You're my butterfly. Sugar, babe. You don't need to know about Crazy Town. You're good. You're, you're a lot of better early 2000s music than that. And this person is hilarious, said this guy. That is me blowing a kiss with the world's most punchable face of all time on the real world. You don't need to know about me either, Sauce. I basically am the same guy as the guy in Crazy Town, so it's a two-for-one skipper. That's it. Stop the clock. Sauce Gardner, uh, I love that you're interested in all these things and you're out there and you're a renaissance man. Again, you were in the media capital of the world. Familiarize yourself with early 21st century popular media. That's the list. See who you like. You don't have to like them all. Just that You should just know them. Because next thing you know, I might be sitting next to Alicia Cuthbert or Josh Hartnett at a Knicks game, and you should say hello. That's it. Sauce, love you. Talk to you soon. Let's get to what's hilarious. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, so you know today is May 4th. May the 4th be with you, National Star Wars Day. If it's an eye roller for you, I understand. It's not everybody's thing. I'm a big Star Wars fan, have been for my whole life, and now I have the son and the daughter who went to it, and I get to relive it. It's just, it's a wonderful thing. It really is. And today they just made it Star Wars Christmas, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. So Star Wars is not for everybody, and I acknowledge that. I have to shout out Jason McCourty. Jason McCourty, 13-year NFL veteran, now my brother on Good Morning Football. And we knew May 4th was coming up. We're like, let's plan a segment because, Jason, you don't know much about Star Wars. He's like, oh, I really know nothing. But okay, I I know a fair amount. I'm like a, a seven on the Star Wars scale. Let's do a segment where... You ask me challenging Star Wars questions, and you ask you, Jason, the easiest things ever. For example, just so everybody knows, my suggested question to the producers for Jason was, what color is Darth Vader's lightsaber? I don't know if he knows that. And it turns out he wouldn't have, because we do the segment, Jason's in full Sith costume, which I provided for my stuff. I'm dressed as Han Solo. And we had the questions so that we would build some confidence in him. Start him off with an easy one. And he just could not have less of a clue about the level one Star Wars questions. It looked like this. 
who is Luke Skywalker's father? <laughs> Luke Skywalker's father is the Stormtroopers. Okay, we're done here. That's not it. Kyle, that's not right? Incorrect. The you think he has multiple fathers? You answered in the you, plural? You well, is there a leader of the Jason, Stormtroopers? Jason, you sort told of. me you knew two things about Star Wars. It was that, and what was the other thing? Darth Vader. Yeah, that was yeah. the right answer. Han Solo on, has a co-pilot. He is a Wookiee. What a is Wookiee? Wookiee's name? It's a Wookiee? Now, hold on a damn second. Like, just envision a, a, a being that's called a Wookiee. Is that the big brown thing? Yes! yes. What's his name? You know that no guy's idea. name. Yes, you do. Come on. Uh, when you eat the food, you eat yeah, food, yeah, you do what with your rates. jaw? You talk? I, I don't know the big brown thing's name. Chewbacca! Okay, Chewbacca. Isn't that crazy? Or is it crazy? I think the real shame of it now is that The Empire Strikes Back is ruined for him. <laughs> he had a full spoiler of what happens at the end of episode five. Here's, here's where I come out. Of course, I don't expect him to know nuances and weird second storylines and things like that. And of course, it's fine that he's not into the movies. Of course, it's not about that. It's more interesting to me that Jason, who is in his 30s and who has several children, doesn't know like anything about Star Wars. Meaning, Star Wars is such a massive part of American entertainment. It's omnipresent. It, it's, it's not as if you have to sit down and watch the movies to absorb Star Wars or read the books or do anything. You go into uh, a Rite Aid and you're just in the gift card section. There's like 50 Star Wars cards. You go into um, maybe a, some store for your kids. Whatever kid-oriented store, there's a massive allocation of the store to Star Wars. They've licensed everything. Everything. And I just don't understand, especially with kids. Don't, don't you go and, like, your kid is going to a birthday party that's Star Wars themed. Or maybe even at his own birthday, he gets wrapping paper that is Star Wars wrapping paper. Or a Star Wars Lego set. It's just... It's, it's so all-encompassing over not only popular culture, but specifically children's popular culture. You could get anything you want in Star Wars. I'm not just saying a toothbrush. You could probably get a lightsaber uh, toilet plunger. They probably make them if you Google it or Amazon it right now. There's really no piece of merchandise that you cannot get without Luke Skywalker's face or Princess Leia or Chewbacca. So... I don't know if I'm just being presumptuous that everyone should know that Luke Skywalker, his father, is Darth Vader. Or just you see that big furry guy, you know, oh, Chewie. I've never seen any of the movies, but I know that's Chewie. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have never seen one second of one episode of a Star Trek show. Not the original series, not Next Generation, not any of them. Any of them. But I understand Beam Me Up. I know Captain Kirk. I know the ship is called the Enterprise and there's Klingons. But next, I know almost nothing. But I've just been on this planet for a while in this country, so that stuff seeps in. And especially like in sports, so many of the players like either Marvel, and if it's not Marvel, it's Star Wars, or it's, it's both of them. It's so, how do you not know that Chewbacca's name? And, and if you're saying, well, Chewbacca, we asked him off the air. He said, you could put up a picture of Luke Skywalker and I would not know who that is. I said, Jason, 
That's ludicrous. I feel like more Americans right now could identify Luke Skywalker than Benjamin Franklin. I really do. Luke Skywalker or Abraham Lincoln. Abe might be more recognizable, but I, I think it's close. I did a poll. I said, I, I think I, I might be crazy here. Maybe I'm just assuming I'm a Star Wars snob. Everyone should know who Chewbacca is and all the, tip, the ways of the force. I asked, I said, Jason McCourty doesn't know who Luke Skywalker's father is. Do you? 91% said, obviously, and only eight and change percent said, no idea. And I have a feeling a lot of that eight and change percentage was just trying to be, I don't know, like disruptive and just go contrary to me. Thousands of volts, thousands of votes. 91% say they know that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. It's, is it the famous, is it the most famous scene in movie history? Maybe like some Godfather scenes or Gone with the Wind or like, I think it might be. It also might be the famous line in movie history. It's just, you know, even if you watch like The Simpsons or Family Guy or anything, a million different sitcoms who kind of spoof Star Wars, it, everything is so derivative of Star Wars. I was blown away that he didn't know it. And we had a bunch of ex, other ex-players texting, tweeting, and they were like, they were riding him and making fun of him. And then some of them were like, I have no idea who that is either. So it's not that he was in this, uh, <laughs> in this sort of quarantine as an NFL player where he doesn't look at that. On the contrary, I know a bunch of NFL guys who love Star Wars. It's an amazing thing to me. So you're either listening right now saying, I agree. How the hell do you not know who Luke Skywalker's father is Darth Vader? Or you're like, nerd, you're giving him too much of a hard time. I'm not about giving you Jason a hard time. I don't care about Jason. Jason loves it. What I'm interested in is like, are you out there and don't know? Do you know what color Darth Vader's lightsaber is? And especially if you have kids. Jason has a nine-year-old son. Don't they have lightsabers and stuff? And if, if you do, don't you want to know at least something about what the hell this thing is? Like, you may not have read the Harry Potter books cover to cover. I think you know Harry, the glasses, and maybe Dumbledore. Like, you, you kind of get it if you have kids. Amazing thing to me. Tweet me if I'm wrong. Tweet me if I'm being a jerk and making fun of Jason. And a little teaser, not that I need it for Good Morning Football. We're doing a surprise segment tomorrow that is supposedly a revenge of the such and such segment where I'm going to get questions about a, a topic I know nothing about and Jason is an expert in. I don't even know the topic. They won't tell me the topic even. So tune in tomorrow for that. Uh, but that's it. I found it hilarious. Love you, Jason. Love you, Anakin. Uh, sometimes you guys should get together for a, a beer or a blue milk or something. Let's go into more fighting in something we call bite fight. Love the bite fight intro. It's my favorite one. It's also one of my favorite segments to do. Three sound bites. One, two, three. Each of them enter, and I have to decide which one is the superior sound bite. Two of them will leave this segment as losers. And guess what? Today's bite fight segment, produced by Michael Flynn, is a Star Wars exclusive tied to sports. I'm not going to play you Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. No, 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 no. These are sports figures talking about Star Wars. We'll decide which one of them does it the strongest and which one lifts up the strap as the winner. First up, Nathaniel Hackett. Currently on the New York Jets staff, reunited with his old quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. But you might remember he was the Denver Broncos head coach last year. And in his introductory press conference in Denver, inexplicably, 
Nathaniel Hackett was asked which Star Wars character most matches his personality. Oh, gosh, I did not know I was going to get that one right now. Um, I have yeah. always felt myself that I feel like I'm a Han Solo. Um, I just felt like he was always smooth and cool, and he got the beautiful princess, too, so sorry, I had to say that. Um, but uh, she's so mad at me right now. Um, but no, I, I've always loved Han, and I mean, God, Yoda, that's almost like picking one of my children. I mean, I, Star Wars is dear to me, so, but no, we'll throw Han out there. Likeable guy, huh? It's too bad it didn't work out in Denver. It's weird that he goes with Han Solo. There's, there's a certain small percentage of the population that says Han Solo. It's Han. Um, but that's a good answer on the top, uh, off the top of his head. He, he referenced his wife and Princess Leia and all that. I wish it would have ended better. It ended uh, like Alderaan in episode four. It did not, I mean, it was a disaster. But rebirth, you know, Palpatine is back. All that stuff. There's always rebirths in Star Wars. So that's Nathaniel Hackett asked out of the blue, I'm not sure why, which Star Wars character, and comes up with a good answer. So he's on the board. Next up, 2021, Solomon Thomas. You might remember him. He's on the Jets now. He was with Niners for a while, drafted really high out of Stanford. He signed with the Raiders in 2021, Solomon Thomas, defensive tackle. And he appeared on the One Star Recruits podcast. And Solomon was asked about Allegiant Stadium, the new Raiders stadium, being nicknamed the Death Star. Man, man, I'm so excited. And, and for me, it couldn't have been more perfect. Just the symbolism and, you know, of everything going on. You know, me being a Star Wars fan, the Raiders Stadium being called the Death Star. Um, I felt my whole life I've been a Jedi. And, you know, I had to be like Anakin. I had to, like, keep my powers inside. I had to follow the Jedi way. And now I'm turning over to the dark side and I can be, you know, a Sith Lord and, and use all my powers for however I want. And so that's just kind of what I've been telling myself. And just, uh, you know, I'm, it's, a, it's a Star Wars geek inside of me. That's good. Because he gets into the nerddom a little bit. When you say the term Sith Lord, you're like, oh, okay. All right, you watch Star Wars. Not just Sith, a Sith Lord, which is different than a Sith. Palpatine was a Sith Lord. We don't need to get into all that. But I like that. And I also feel like that really is a perfect projection of the Raiders image. That's not something they've ever shied from. There's a famous photograph of Al Davis on the field before a Raiders game shaking hands with Darth Vader in full costume. They project that. And I've been to that facility they go to. I've been to that stadium, the Raiders facility. It does feel imperial. It feels very clean and it's black and silver and it's new and it feels like they're just finishing up the Death Star and there's droids and there's like, you can feel like you can turn off the tractor beam if you find the right tunnel thing. I think it was a great quote. I like that he got into the nerddom a little bit. He knew, he, he was excited to talk about whereas Hackett was just kind of scrambling. Scrambling well, but scrambling. He's in. Now we go to bite number three on All-Star Wars Bite Fight. Finally, college ranks. Oh, we got, a, we got an all-time personality here. This does not surprise me to see this name. Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh doing an interview after he went to the midnight premiere of episode seven, The Force Awakens, back in 2015. Go ahead, Jim. Last one. Uh, I saw you were doing what I did over the weekend in seeing Star Wars. Yeah. Darth Vader, really you said, is your guy? That's my guy. That's my guy. boy. How yeah. is Darth Vader your boy? <laughs> just, I love him. Yeah, I love Darth Vader. What is there to love about Darth Vader? Oh, just relentless, you know. Just, uh, just a jackhammer. You would, you would be disappointed if God did not have a better 
or equal voice to James Earl Jones. It would be a big bummer. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, really, uh, with, with my two boys, it's been kind of a tradition we've had going back uh, some years where we go to the midnight uh, showing of, of the Star Wars when it comes out, Jay and James and myself. And uh, I was impressed. This was, a good, this was a good Star Wars, but not Darth Vader, not, not quite the same. Uh, wish they would have thought of some way to get him back in there. Interesting. So, I mean, Jim Harbaugh, everything he says is interesting. I love that Darth Vader is his guy. Darth Vader, listen, Darth Vader's done some stuff, all right? I understand it's the fall from grace, is Anakin and everything. Darth Vader ruthlessly slaughtered children in cold blood with a blade weapon. <laughs> that happened. Darth Vader oversaw the destruction of an entire planet and millions and millions of people crying out in horror. Like, he stood over that. Darth Vader, Darth Vader will choke a man to death just sitting there watch him die. He's cold-blooded, Jim. Like, he really is, and that makes him a great villain. I do like that he says relentless. And I think one of the reasons that Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie is that, man, Darth Vader is so pissed that they can't get the Millennium Falcon. He wants that ship so bad, and he will choke out anybody he has to to get it. Next in line, next in line. He is so mad that they can't find that ship, and he wants it bad. So that's a good answer. Um, did a little bit of a Force Awakens review there. A little bit of shade at Kylo Ren, which that's fine. That's his right. That's Jim, and I just find him crazy compelling. So here we have Nathaniel Hackett, who just did the aw shucks, uh, unprepared, nice pivot to um, saying that he liked Han Solo. Solomon Thomas doing a little bit of Star Wars bragging about Sith Lords, and he liked going to the Raiders. And then you have Jim Harbaugh saying, oh man, Darth Vader's my guy. Pretty good Star Wars movie, too. I wish they could have found a way to bring Star Darth Vader back. He was His corpse was burned in a fire in Endor, and then he appeared as an apparition. That's never stopped him before, so I guess they could have. It's going to Jim Harbaugh. It's going to Jim Harbaugh. It's always that entertaining, gregarious, with just a touch of weird and uncomfortable Jim Harbaugh quote. That's the Jim Harbaugh cocktail. Energetic, big, opinionated, and then that one ingredient that's like, oh, what the hell is that? And you shake it up, and you serve it, and that's done. Um, that's it. Jim Harbaugh wins Bite Fight, Nathaniel Hackett and Solomon Thomas, thank you for playing. That was a really fun one. Really well researched, we found those things from years ago. And that's it, Jim Harbaugh, raise the strap. It's like you just beat Ohio State again, except this time you beat uh, the Rebellion because you love Darth Vader. That's it guys, we're gonna go to Skycam quickly. I'm gonna get out of here at the end of a very fun show and a very fun week. Uh, I'm looking to hear from Sauce Gardner about his early 2000s uh, public figure studying, and then Trevor Lawrence. We need to talk about uh, getting things done on the field versus on paper. That's number 20, right up top. 20, the dartboard strikes midnight. What is topic number 20? I haven't seen these or prepared for these, just like I hadn't seen the bite fight quotes. Number 20, beach or pool is the question mark. Beach or pool, question mark. Um, this is an easy one. Sell me on the beach. Just, just try to, not even in an argument against the pool. Just sell me on the beach alone as an endeavor. It's tough. It's a lot of work. It's a mess. The sand is too hot. That's the water's too cold. You can't get the right chair. Um, there's a. You can't keep track of the kids. The sand gets everywhere, like it, like Nathan says in episode two. The pool is clean. 
It's the, the temperature is right. There's no waves. There's no seaweed. There's no sharks. There's no anything. You go to a, like on a vacation to a place that has a pool and a beach. I am just stomping my foot every time for the pool. And sometimes my wife will be like, well, we'll go to the beach in the morning, the pool in the afternoon. Oh man, it's a long morning. Just get me to the pool. I don't even understand the case for the beach. The salt water is kind of disgusting. You have to, you know, you're just filthy afterwards. I guess if you go to a really nice place and it's got warm blue water, sure, 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 sure. But those aren't the places our family's going. <laughs> Give me the pool every single time, every time. Especially if you get a nice pool. You go to these kids' resorts sometimes, they got waterfalls and they got hidden caverns and water slides and parents do them at pool, 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 pool. Good question, I like that topic. You guys are awesome, love you. Thank you for coming in, it's been a great week. Um, we talked about all kinds of stuff. We will be back, we will be back soon. In the meantime, uh, exit through the garage, close the door on your way out, and may the force be with you, always.